<laughs> it's Fat Albert. All right, so if you talk down there, and I'll talk up here the whole time. <laughs> It'll be a nice balance. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody, I'm Latara. Hi, I'm Laura. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Passions Podcast. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the squeaky voice. I, I was trying to do the lower voice. I, well, I thought we weren't doing it anymore. <laughs> you know, it worked out well. It definitely made sense. <laughs> Passions Podcast. <laughs> I just had a little puberty moment. This is awesome. Uh, hey, everybody. We're back. Uh, we're talking about passions. Episodes 296 through three fucking hundred. 300 episodes. 300. And this time, I think our, like, wow, this is so, we've come so far. I think it's warranted. 300 episodes. I agree. Yeah. yeah 300. So, thanks for coming along for the ride. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna jump right in. It was a good week. It was a good week. It was a really good week. It, it there was a lot that like finally started to move in the right direction, in my opinion. Yes, <laughs> I would agree. I find that when characters start recapping to other characters, that's usually a good sign. It's like ah, they need to know because things are about to happen. Mm-hmm. So, so should we jump in and talk magic? Yes, please. All right, here's the sum. This week in magic, things make less sense than ever before. <laughs> Miguel basically tells Kay he has a crush on her. Charity is possessed by additional evil spirits. And Timmy is nearly caught sabotaging Mike's bike. <laughs> My, Mike's bike? Miguel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha does some tarot nonsense, and I am more confused than ever about the rules. Yeah, this week in magic was crazy. Because, like, again, like, barely anything happened. But, yeah, all the things that you just said happened that were weird. And was like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) What the fuck are we doing? So, let's start off with Kay and Miguel. Because this was interesting. The fuck? (laughs) So, what happened was evil charity disguised as good charity tells Miguel, hey, you should go dance with Kay. Like, I bet she would enjoy a dance with you. And he was like, okay, whatever you say, love. And he goes and dances with Kay. And then while they're dancing, after their dance, he goes, you know, Kay, I'm seeing you in a whole new light. You're not a girl. You're a woman and a beautiful woman at that. Who knows what have happened between us if Charity hadn't come to town? Seriously. Miguel, baby, what are you saying? And then he's like, but it doesn't matter because now you love Reese anyway. And when was the last time we even saw Reese? I know. I, we have, Justice for Reese. I forgot about Reese. <laughs> we haven't seen Reese in forever. Dozens of episodes. In so long. But uh, Since the prom boat. Maybe he drowned and we just didn't he know. Didn't. He didn't. No, he saved he everybody. He did save everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he saved everybody's fucking lives he's, on the prom boat. He's off doing some nerdy science shit. You know, he'll he'll come back and do something weird. He'll be back to... To save the day again. To save the day. <clears throat> yeah, so Miguel, of his own volition, tells Kay basically that he likes her. Yeah. That he thinks she's beautiful and that... We used, you know, we were always so close as kids. A natural progression would be for us to be together. Yeah. Except Charity came into town. Yeah. And I love her now. What? And this came out of nowhere. The clear blue sky. <laughs> it came from out of nowhere. Outer space. And then after that happened, that was it. That was it. He there goes no back to talk up. to Charity. And Kay is now more convinced than ever. And he basically said... What she's been saying, which is that if Charity wasn't around, Miguel and I would be together. And we've been saying she was fucking delusional, but I guess she wasn't. Yeah. I guess she wasn't. I guess she wasn't. I guess the thing is, we need to believe characters when they tell us things. I guess. Even though we have absolutely zero evidence that what they're saying is true. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. We hadn't had any evidence that Miguel saw... Um, Kay in any way beyond a friend which I guess that's what he's saying now is like I'm just now seeing you in a whole new light so he just had an epiphany I guess like in that moment with his arms around her dancing yeah under the the pale moonlight into like that super romantic song that Chad had put on Mm -hmm. so and you know Miguel's highly suggestible Mm. 
you know mm. <laughs> he is the, per- the perfect person for Kay. Y- yep. <laughs> she needs someone to suggest yeah to to, <laughs> to manipulate yeah so uh that happens with them meanwhile evil charity is having tabitha and timmy sabotage miguel mike's bike miguel's <laughs> bike so timmy's like under there doing some bullshit uh, Miguel comes back and he sees Timmy under his bike covered in oil. Wait, okay. So I have to, I, I have so many questions about this <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say, okay. So the new plan is for Miguel to get in an accident and for it to be Charity's fault because she sends him on an errand. However, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tabitha is the one who's going to send him on mm-hmm, an errand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that doesn't make it Charity's fault. And also, if evil Charity tells Miguel to go run an errand, good Charity won't remember. And so therefore, she will have no recollection of the fact that it's her fault that he's dead. So how does this plan work? She wa- So I could give it a pass if it was evil Charity telling Miguel and... Everybody knew Charity told Miguel to go do this thing. Because mm-hmm. then people were like, you, Kay, of all people for sure, would be like, this is your fault. So they would, that guilt would be there, I think. Sure. But what you just pointed out, I also saw too, where it was Tabitha who was telling him to go do something. Right. So that's not Charity at all. And no one else was around. Yeah. So if the other kids were around when Charity asks them to do something, but no one else was even around, if she had asked, there were no witnesses. Yeah. So yeah. I just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense Yeah, to me. I mean, Tabitha's a witness. So Tabitha would say, well, Charity asked him to go do this thing. Yeah. So there's that little caveat, but yeah. you are 100% right. Okay, like, great. Make any great. Sense. Cause I was lost. I wrote so many times what the fuck is happening. No, I picked that up immediately. I was like, how the fuck is this charity? Would this be Charity's fault? And charity has manifests like four other spirit voices yeah. all of a sudden like she's not just being that, possessed by that one voice yeah. that talks like this there's like three other voices yeah. in her now and they're t- arguing with each other sometimes yeah. we're gonna kill miguel no we're gonna kill miguel it was like what the fuck and but i will say i will say she f- when she became evil charity um like a couple of episodes ago and she was at tabitha's house she said we're back. Ah. So she was saying we. So those demons have been in her. So all of the friends in the basement are now inhabiting Charity's husk. I get <laughs> <laughs> husk of a human. Yeah, I guess so. At least some of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I walked away from magic this week with so many more questions <laughs> than, than I have answers. <laughs> It was, all it was a mess. mess. But anyway, to, to, to get back to where you were. Yes, Timmy is under the bike, under Mike's bike, covered in oil, uh, fucking around with it. And they come up with the stupidest excuse as to why. Tabitha says, because Miguel's like, why is your doll under my bike and covered in oil? And Tabitha's like, oh, I saw your bike was leaking oil. So I put him down there to soak up the oil so it doesn't stain the driveway. <laughs> Please. And Miguel's like, oh, okay, that makes that, sense, I that guess. That sounds right. And then he looks at Charity like, she's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> and it's just crazy. So she picks up Timmy. Miguel goes off somewhere again. And I don't remember. I don't care. But then evil Charity is starts, ta- starts like threatening Tabitha and Timmy again. Like, I'm going to kill you. We're going to kill you again. Why, again with this? Why are we doing this? I didn't understand it. I don't know. I didn't even take notes on it because I didn't understand it so much. The next thing I wrote about was when Tabitha read tarot cards. Oh, I gave up. I well, gave up. The most important thing that happens is Timmy grabs the necklace off of Charity's neck. Mm. And that was why that's why I wrote about it, because that was important because she's no longer under the, the pendant's control. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's his name comes back, sees Timmy with her necklace. And it's like, how did the dog get the necklace? Blah, blah. And they explain it away in the worst way possible. Of course, Charity doesn't remember anything. She never remembers anything. I, she does tell Miguel and Tabitha. She's like, it's so weird. Like, I have these memory pieces that are just missing. It's like I black out and then I come back too and I don't know what happened. And, and nobody's all, taking her to the hospital. I know. And they're all just like, meh. She's, this, is, this is just how she is. For long periods of time. Yeah. She was like, I was over there and now I'm over here and I don't remember how I got here. And they're like, yeah, and? That's so dangerous. 
God, Charity, bless her little heart. And the people <laughs> around her need to help her. Mm. She needs help. Mm. So Timmy has the necklace. Charity takes it back, but the, the necklace is broken. The chain is broken because he snatched it off her neck. So she can't put it back on, but she puts it in her bag. So the rest of the, the, rest of the time we see Charity, we have good Charity. Yeah, we see good charity. And she's having premonitions. She is. I was going to say, she starts having new premonitions. This time we don't get to see them, which I miss. I loved I loved it when we got to see inside, inside Charity's head. Yeah. Uh, but she's getting these overwhelming feelings of death. Mm-hmm. Death has come to harmony. Someone in harmony is going to die. Yeah. So that's basically what's going on in mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going on on... Is, is this is on one side of the Russell's house, right? Yeah, they're all at the Russell's house. So I think basically the motorcycle is in like the driveway mm-hmm. and the kids and everybody are in the backyard. In the adjacent yard. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what's going on with everyone else at the Russell house. Yes. All right. Let's. Here's Faded Couples. Chad and Whitney take baby steps closer to the truth, only to be pushed further apart by stupid Kay, who will stop at nothing to get on board the Miguel train. Mm-hmm. Ethan's sharp legal mind can't keep up with Teresa and she talks him into dancing with her (laughs) while dancing. He tells her point blank that he doesn't love her. Teresa runs off in tears and flees on Miguel's compromised motorcycle without a helmet. She gets into a head on collision and winds up at the hospital with no physical injuries, (laughs) but is dying instead of a broken heart. (laughs) Ethan arrives at the hospital and is forced to confront his feelings for Teresa when he learns that only his love can save her. I can't even get through it. I'm going to say it one more time. Ethan arrives at the hospital and is forced to confront his feelings for Teresa when he learns that only his love can save her. The rest of Chad's party people show up in time to see Teresa in Ethan's arms. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let me just say, like, I was in tears and not like the like I'm sad. Or, I was cracking the fuck up at that nurse or that doctor or whatever she was. Oh my God. We will, we'll get there. We got to tell the story <laughs> first. The story. Oh my God. This shit was hilarious. It was, so it was so funny to me. And I when have tears Ter- in my eyes just thinking about it right now. <laughs> when Teresa rode off on that motorcycle <laughs> and they had her like just going back and forth on it with the wind whipping her hair and she's in tears. I started laughing hysterically. She, she was on like, on like a, um, uh, arcade motorcycle. It was like one of those. You know those ponies outside of like Meyer that you can yeah. put a penny in and ride it as a kid. It was basically that. Oh my god! She was basically on that. Oh, for those of you who don't know, who don't live in the Midwest, Meyer is kind of like a Walmart. Uh, more like a Kroger. No, it's more like a Walmart. You think? Yeah, Kroger is mostly a grocery store, but yeah, a Meyer has Meyer like have all the shit too. that a Walmart has, mm-hmm. just in weirder places. I prefer Meyer. I know you do. I prefer Meyer too, actually. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. This does. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's talk about. I, it's so much. It's so much. This is going to be a lot. Yeah. Let's. So y'all settle in. Okay. Should we do Whitney and Chad? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Let's do Ch- Whitney and Chad, and then do Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Chad is playing that song. That's why Miguel is dancing with, uh, what's her name? Kay. And the whole point of him playing this particular song is that it was playing at the seascape when they did that whole wedding thing that I hated. (laughs) And he noticed then that Teresa and Ethan were, were looking deeply into each other's eyes and all this. But why not play the song from the jazz club? Yeah. Why do this one? Because we already know that that song in particular is meaningful, but. I think it serves I think it serves a dual purpose for Chad because it is for Teresa and Ethan mm. but it's also for him and Whitney cuz they mm. both won perfect p- couples That's at that right. at that thing so You right you right Yeah Um so yeah he th- he plays this he's playing the song and Chad is talking to Whitney about how he thinks that Whitney thinks that men who share their feelings are wimpy like he says this to her and she's like, what? Yeah. And she goes like, where would you get that, get that idea and get the idea that I think that then he leaves, he yeah. leaves because Teresa and Ethan have started dancing together and he sees Gwen mm. starting to see that. And so he goes to distract Gwen and give Teresa and Ethan a chance to 
have a little time, a little alone, moment, alone time. Yeah. So then Kay kind of intervenes and tells Whitney that Chad told her he believes men who talk about their feelings are wimps. Uh huh. And Whitney's like, but that doesn't make sense because Chad loves music and is and that's super emotional. And that, that and that's all about feelings like that, that. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. He also is literally always saying constantly saying you need to be true about your feelings and be honest about your feelings to everyone. He's literally always saying that. Well, when Whitney starts to ask questions about all this, Kay is like, oh, and by the way, he also hate girls who ask lots of questions because he thinks that they're pushy and that means they just want one thing sex what bothers me (laughs) what what bothers me about this whole exchange and how it kind of worked is that Kay doesn't know Chad we don't we've hardly ever seen her talk to him and Whitney would know that Kay doesn't know Chad like she's not having these deep conversations with Chad we've also seen Whitney and Kay go toe-to-toe in these last several groups of episodes where Whitney's been like, I'm on to you. And Kay's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just standing up for my best friend, Simone. Yeah. You know, so like Whitney should be, Whitney we've seen is suspicious of Kay in some way. And yet she's just accepting all of this at face value. I think because she is still having a hard time coming to terms with her feelings. And she's still scared that she, if she shares her feelings with Chad, it will be backfire on her. Mm -hmm. So I think she is more apt to, listen to Kay because it kind of aligns with what she kind of wants. It's, it's the path of least resistance for her Mm. where she doesn't have, if she believes what Kay is saying, then she doesn't have to come clean about her feelings to Chad. Yeah. It provides a safe space for her to be, be in denial. And I agree. Like I, I'm annoyed by it because everything that we know about Chad is to the contrary of what Kay is saying. Mm -hmm. And, and Whitney of all people fucking knows it, but she's, inclined to believe it because it makes it a little bit easier for her as far as what she has to do mm-hmm. but her feel like but she's still gonna be hurt yeah you know she's gonna so. suffer silently yep she's gonna be a silent sufferer <laughs> like me like you well all of this gets interrupted because Teresa runs up to Whitney in tears child Teresa is <laughs> devastated so let's talk about what has happened with Teresa and Ethan mm. Teresa, this was hilarious. Ethan's a fucking idiot. This was hilarious. <laughs> oh, this was so funny. So Chad plays this song, <laughs> and then he goes and stalls Gwen in the house, right? And then Teresa kind of sort of tricks Ethan into dancing with her. Either way, he has to dance with her. Yeah, she. she Ethan can't keep up with Teresa. Ethan is a practicing attorney and Teresa hasn't graduated from high school and has missed a year's worth of classes and he still can't keep up with her. Yeah. Ethan is uh, Dr. Bartolo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And she's Rosina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he just is an idiot. And um, so she says, oh, this is the song from the seascape. You know, it has a special meaning for us. And he's like, no, it doesn't. And then she says, well, if it doesn't have a special meaning and you don't love me, then there's no reason for you not to dance with me. And he's like, well, I don't want to lead you on. And she's like, but if you do dance with basically if she either way, he's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't dance with me, it means that you do have feelings for me and you're trying to run away from those feelings. Yeah. And so he's like, and that's where he says your favorite line. Teresa, you're incorrigible. (laughs) Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. He's an idiot. I don't like him. (laughs) I don't like him. So she, they, they end up dancing. She gives him that same old speech about true love and how he should marry her and now, and not Gwen. And uh, she's like, how can you marry her when you know you love me? And then he says, I don't love you, Teresa. Well, she tells him to admit it once and for all and says, if you don't love me, then you need to tell me and I will never bother you again. Mm -hmm. I'll leave all of this here. Mm -hmm. And that's when he says, well, I don't love you. Point blank. And she's like, look, you still can't be honest with me. And and then she pauses and looks in his eyes and she's like, you don't love me. 
you don't love me, Ethan. And then she runs away from yeah. him. Tears, tear, uh, devastated, devastated. She's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So she talks to Whitney. She tells Whitney he doesn't love me. And she's all erratic. And Whitney's like, just like, calm down, chill out. Like, come, ha- like, let me get you some water. But Teresa breaks away and she gets on Miguel's bike and she drives off. Nobody sees her do this, though. She sees the bike and she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. <laughs> and she gets on the bike and she drives off. And remember, the bike has been sabotaged. It has been tampered with by yeah. Timmy. Yeah, our mechanic Timmy. <laughs> so she's on a bike that is nobody knows has been sabotaged except for like the evil people in the in the group. And and they don't know that it's been taken. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Because uh, the the demon's like pissed <laughs> when they find out the, the motorcycle's gone. It's like, Tabitha, how did you lose a motorcycle? Tabitha's <laughs> like, I had nothing to do with it. You were busy yelling at me and then someone took it. Yeah. So that was a whole thing. Anyway, now everybody's like looking for Teresa, right? Like where the hell did Ter- Teresa go? Ethan leaves to go and find her. Mm. Ethan leaves to go and find her Mm. Uh, because I do want to say Chad gives him a lot of like shit about it about telling her he doesn't love her and like you're a damn he says you're a damn fool Ethan yeah because he also Ethan then also is like Teresa's so caring and sweet and special and innocent and her feelings were so pure. Those are the things that Ethan is saying to Chad after he's saying says to Teresa that he doesn't love her. Yeah. I think it's also worth saying that Whitney tells Ethan also mm-hmm. uh tells him off also. She says, "You know, you got her hopes up. You kissed her." You did that. You let her on for months, you know? So, like, Chad maybe gave the push uh, to do all this stuff, and so he's responsible, but you also bear responsibility in this, and we need to go find her. And that's when Ethan's like, fuck, I gotta go find Teresa. Yeah, so Ethan runs out to find Teresa. Whitney and Chad stay behind to, like, keep Gwen occupied. To distract Gwen. Keep Gwen occupied. Oh, my God. And And Gwen. Is an idiot. Is an idiot and is talking to Whitney about how great it is that she and Chad have fallen in love with each other. Yeah, she keeps. What is happening? She literally walks in on at least three conversations where they're talking about Ethan and Teresa loving each other and Gwen and Ethan not loving Gwen and Ethan marrying Teresa instead of Gwen and how it's a big mistake that he should that he's going to marry Gwen. She walks in on the tail end of that conversation at least three times in these episodes. Mm -hmm. And every single time she's like, I know what's going on here. You two are in love. Like what? <laughs> what? Since what? What did you hear that made you think that, girl? <laughs> <laughs> Gwendolyn Snodgrass. Gwendolyn Snodgrass. Pendergrass. What's the her real name? Hotchkiss. Hotchkiss. <laughs> Pendleton Hotchkiss. Yeah, she's a mess. Um. So. They're trying to, they tell her, um, Ethan went off to find Teresa, but don't tell her why Teresa is gone. And she doesn't even question it. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Hopefully Ethan will be back soon. Why did, why did Teresa run off? Why did Ethan have to go after her? Yeah. Right? Like these are important questions. Right. That you should be asking about your fiance. Why did Ethan of all people have to go after her? I'm assuming it's because he's the only one with wheels. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think I think that I think that's right. Is uh is only ambulatory. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have a vehicle. Yeah. So um what was it? Where were we? Oh, Teresa's driving that motorcycle down the down the path and uh in tears and it is hilarious with no it's helmet. not supposed to be it's not supposed to be funny but i was cracking the fuck up it stops getting funny when they show the crash site mm-hmm. where the, you see this banged up car you see a fucked up motorcycle and you see Teresa laying on the side of the road knocked out bloodied and they the the um people in other people involved in the accident they're like oh i called the ambulance oh my goodness she's probably not gonna make it did you see how far she was thrown she was thrown 20 feet I she, was see, thrown she was thrown 20 feet she was thrown 20 feet and i don't see a helmet in sight and then she gets to the hospital <laughs> and no 
nothing's wrong with her. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> she doesn't have any internal injuries. She doesn't have any head trauma. She doesn't have, and it's weird because there's nothing wrong with her. But when they're rushing her in, they're like, I don't know if we can save her. What? Yeah. Right. And when we see her, she's got like a bandage on her head. Yeah. Like a little, like a, a little it's a little one. Like, it's not a big if, thing. As if she had a cut. A superficial wound. Yeah. A, a superficial laceration. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, I, this was fucking stupid. It's crazy because every person, because Ethan comes across the uh, the crash site and speaks with an officer who also paints a bleak picture about what the, what has happened here. And then at the hospital, the same thing. Oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to save her. And Ethan finally gets to the hospital and is taken to a room or goes into the room where Teresa is and discovers a, a body under a bloody sheet, just like Sheridan did. <laughs> and assu- of course, assumes it's Teresa and all this other stuff um, and is is horrified and and devastated and sad and starts to come to terms with the fact that, oh, my God, I might have feelings for her, but it's too late. She's dead. Of course, it's not her. She's in the adjacent room. I'm saying room. It's they're just it's like off. stalls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, he hears her. Yeah. He's talking at this corpse for a while. (laughs) Like you're so special and you're so beautiful. And I should have been honest with my feelings for you. I'll never forgive myself because this is my fault. He feels guilty. And I'll never forget you, Teresa. And then we hear Ethan, (laughs) Ethan. (laughs) Teresa's whispering Ethan's name from the next stall. She's delirious. And he goes over and he's like, oh, shit. So he finally realizes he's been talking at some random dead body. And he goes to the next stall and she's out of it. Like she's passed out, but she's whispering his name. And that's when the nurse comes in and says, oh, this one. Oh, yeah. She survived the crash and she's basically okay. No coma, no broken bones, but she's unconscious. And if she doesn't wake up, she could die. And the nurse is like, her body's fine, but her heart is the thing that's broken. She's, <laughs> yeah. She says it's her soul. It's her soul, it's her soul that's broke. Like that's not uh, uh, functional. Like, bitch, that's not scientific. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. She asks, uh, do you know if she went through a major shock today? Did she break up with her boyfriend? And he goes, how did you know? <laughs> what do you, what? What? And then the what? nurse is like, are you her boyfriend? You might be the only one who can pull her through. He, she <laughs> tells him, she tells him, she, it, this girl has lost her will to live and that he, she needs to stay by his, or he needs to stay by her side and he is the only his love can pull her through and only his love it was so ridiculous laura i was cracking the fuck up but i also was so fucking mad because this was the laziest fucking writing i've ever seen in my life it was so goddamn lazy it was so stupid (laughs) it was so fucking lazy It was just so lazy. Like, make Teresa, like, she should have been in some, a coma or, like, she should have, something should have been wrong with her. Make her actually injured and make Ethan feel guilty. And that's the reason that he comes to terms with how he feels about her and is honest about it. You know what I mean? Like This was ridiculous. What doctor in their right mind, like, this woman clearly just walked in off the street. I know who would. Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's really though, like, this is ridiculous. I mean, Passions is so ridiculous, but this was the laziest. They just had to, it was, they were like, we're at episode 300. We have to make this happen. Yeah. We have to make it happen. I, I just feel like they could have made it happen almost the exact same way but without this piece that makes it dumb so dumb like make her be in a coma make her be in a coma and she can hear what ethan is saying but he doesn't know that she can hear it and And it brings her back and it brings her back you know that could have been it that could have been it that could have been it and it would have been better way better although i wouldn't have gotten the same hearty laugh that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a good belly laugh out of this one. Um, so, and cause that nurse or doctor, I don't know if she's a nurse or a doctor, but she keeps saying that over and over again. And we kind of cycle where, um, Ethan 
he finally says like I love you Teresa he like whispers it in her ear and she wakes up she's like Ethan I knew you loved me and then she realizes she's in a fucking hospital and she starts to panic and freak out she's like where the hell am I what's going on and then she's like oh you you only said you loved me because you thought that I was gonna die you don't love me leave me here leave me to die (laughs) and then she starts to flatline she says I don't want to live anymore I just want to die she turns her back to Ethan (laughs) and then her heart stops beating (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what they did this in in star wars in a star war <laughs> and i remember being so annoyed it's when stupid. when padme is just like she's lost the will to, to live as she's like giving birth to luke and leia mm-hmm. and i i am assuming i'm not spoiling this for anyone i even knew this <laughs> yeah but i was just like they're doing this this is why padme dies this is why why vader becomes vader like this is so stupid it's lazy Mm, it's lazy this this uh fragile woman has given up the will to live and because of because of this man in in both cases because of this man him 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 her (laughs) seriously really uh so uh, yeah, she says she just wants to die and then she fucking flatlines. <laughs> and then she dies. Literally flatlines. And then Ethan starts yelling, Teresa, I was wrong. I do love you. I do love you. And then Ethan seems to finally truly be coming to terms with his feelings. Yeah. Like, I feel like the first time when he said it, he he meant it. But then when she questioned him about, questioned him about it, he kind of, he stuttered and he faltered. Mm-hmm. And I think this time he's ready to like, go all in the nurse pep talks him again yeah and and she's like only you can save her it's now or never she says it's It's now now or never it's now or never she does yeah Yeah. she says it's now or never and i think yeah ethan it's like a a dam bursting forth you know what i mean or a water breaking through the dam i guess that's a better way to say it this bitch also (laughs) says I mean, she really is overstepping. You know who she reminds me of? That fucking police that officer police in officer. Boston. She is really <laughs> overstepping. Because then she goes, maybe you don't love your fiance as much as you think you do. Maybe you do love her, but just not as much as you love Teresa. And uh, you need to come to terms with that and tell her how you love her. Or you're going to have to watch her slip away and die. Ooh. What the fuck? <laughs> this woman should lose her license. Officer Tina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Officer, Officer Tina. Tina and Nurse Meh. and Nurse Marge. Oh, we already did. Oh, that was the we fish, already did Marge. The fish, fish lady, lady Marge. Uh, nurse, nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet would never. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nurse Ratchet would never. No, N- Nurse. Uh, nurse Love. Nurse Love. Nurse Cupid. Oh. So, um, Nurse Diamore. <laughs> Amore. So Ethan tells Teresa, you can't die. You have so much to live for. And then we get like this montage of them. Oh my God. Of them having good times together. All the good times. And he says, we've had such wonderful times together and we're going to have so many more. So much we haven't seen and done together. So much joy and laughter. And he says, you were right when you said that we had much to teach each other. We could teach each other things that we don't know. There's so much, there's so much we haven't done Mm -hmm. and there's so much that we can do together. We have so much joy ahead of us. She goes, that was before when I thought you loved me. And he goes, but I do love you. She still is not buying it though. He's like, you have to believe me, Teresa, but she doesn't believe him. And she fucking flatlines again. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, leave me alone. Let me die. And then he kisses her. This is where he goes, La Chardemie. Look at us both rolling that arm. We're not supposed to. <laughs> well, it's, so, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, it just gives it a little more, a uh, little depth. A little devastation. I mean, ta- it's death, man. It is. Leave me to die. Leave me to die. Yeah. So, um, she tells him to leave her to die. She flatlines again, flatlines again. Then he like grabs her and kisses her. Do you believe me? Would I kiss you if I, if I didn't? And she's still not buying it. 
And he pulls her up and he's like, I won't let you die. Cause she like flatlines again. So he starts kind of like shaking her floppy body. And he goes, <laughs> Teresa, I love you. I truly love you. And he kisses her again. And then Gwen and the fucking gang walk in. Everybody from Chad's has now gotten to the hospital. Oh my fucking God. I know. And because every time it's been a near miss Mm -hmm. and I was like, this can't be a near miss. Like they are watching this happen. They're watching him put his mouth on her mouth and they're listening to the words in between. Mm -hmm. He's saying he loves her and there's no mistaking it. Mm -hmm. There's no mistaking it. None whatsoever. And Gwen's face. Yeah. Cracked. Yeah. Broke. Dropped. Gwen knows. But as we see, Mm. Gwen denies, denies, denies. Like like that old, that old chestnut. Denial's not just a river in Africa. (laughs) Huh? Oh, no. Haven't you? You heard that before, right? I have, but I have forgotten about yeah, it, its, it's existence. A, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's an old chestnut. Mm. But um, so Ethan, Ethan is so wrapped up in Teresa, he doesn't realize anybody's even there for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's telling her, "I love you, Teresa." He's kissing her, and she comes, she comes back to life. Everybody's standing there, like, "Oh, this is so beautiful," except for Gwen, right? Mm. Like. Charity is like brought to tears by how beautiful it is. (laughs) And Whitney is finally like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Whitney's like, I guess I was wrong. And she starts remembering how Teresa uh, and was like, if, if Ethan and I have a chance, maybe you and Chad have a chance. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of rolling around in Whitney's head right now. And all this is going on. And Chad's doing his, like, I told you so (laughs) kind of dance. Mm -hmm. And then, Gwen stands there for a while and she finally just walks away. He turns around. Ethan kind of turns around, sees them and she leaves. Does she say anything? She just walks out. Uh, I think, I think she, she goes Ethan and then she walks out. does. She runs out. Teresa makes, Oh, Teresa. Yeah. So Gwen leaves. Ethan's like, Oh shit. <laughs> Gwen was here, but Teresa wakes up and, uh, he has to choose. He has to choose Gwen or Teresa, the nurse or doctor, asks him to stay with Teresa, and he does. Well, Teresa tells him to stay, too. Mm. She's like, Ethan, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. Stay. So he stays with her for a little while. He does eventually go out to find Gwen. Yeah, because in the next scene, we see him talking with Gwen. Hey, but he had to leave. He had to go talk he, to of Gwen. Of course he did. Yeah. He had to. Yeah, you can't just not explain that. Yeah, so... He goes out, he runs into Chad and Whitney. He tells Chad that he's in love with both women because mm-hmm. Chad's like, so what, what is it? What are you going to do? And he's like, I'm in a bad situation. I love both of these women. And um, then Gwen comes walking in. She didn't hear the part where he said he was in love with both of them, but she knows. And she says, I know everything. The doctors told me everything mm. that, Teresa was going to die unless she heard that the man that she loved, loved her back. And And I think what you did is wonderful (laughs) because obviously Teresa thought that you were Chuck. Oh my God. Bitch. This bitch is hell bent, hell bent on being Mrs. Ethan Crane. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. She's debasing herself for this shit. That man is not even a crane. Mm. He is a Bennett. Right. She, and she is, she is laying herself so low. Yeah. Yeah. True. Bless her little heart. Not only does she say it's wonderful what you did and you're a good person and I love you. She also apologizes to him because she says, I felt the worst sense of betrayal when I first saw you kissing Teresa. And I want to apologize because you did the right thing. And I am lucky to be and proud to be marrying a real hero. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for saving Teresa's life. I, it's so fucked up. What's going, like, she is just, she, she is living in a false reality and, and has been lied to so much. And now she is believing that lie and continuing it inside of her own head. And it's like, like the denial is, is messed up, but the, the, 
the coercion around that is also really yeah. disturbing. Because I don't think at this point she is believing any lies anymore. I yeah. think she's trying to make herself believe exactly. a lie. Yeah. I think she's trying to really trying to make herself believe the lie and make us believe she believes the lie. Yeah. Um, but nobody's nobody's buying it. Mm. Ethan might, I mm. guess. <laughs> He's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but Whitney even says Gwen to Chad. He's like I'm she's like, I'm still not happy about this whole situation because Gwen is not going to go after Ethan. She's going to go after Teresa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Teresa's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what she is. Child, she ain't safe. Mm-hmm. Teresa is not safe. Oh, oh, mm. this Gwen, Ethan, Teresa stuff is great. Gets crazy. <laughs> it gets cr- like insane. Like nuts, nuts. So beyond where we are now. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. It gets. Cr- oh Lord. There's one scene I cannot wait for you to see. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's finish this out. Ethan tells, um, admits to Chad that he, this was actually important. Ethan admits to Chad later that he does not have the same kind of feelings for Gwen that he has for Teresa. His depth of feelings and love for Teresa is deeper than his love for Gwen. He says that, mm-hmm. but he just can't call off the wedding. Yeah. He says, what I have for Gwen is real, but it's not the same thing that I have with Teresa. Mm-hmm. And Chad's like, well, you got to be honest and follow your heart. And Ethan, Ethan, Ethan. True to your heart. <laughs> you must be true to your heart. <laughs> the heavens will part and baby shower you with my Look at you. Open your eyes. My heart can tell you no lies. You know the words to that. That's where I stopped knowing the words. I know fewer words than you do to that yeah, song. That never happened. It literally, the only time I've ever listened to it, I've never listened to it the entire way through. It's the first song in the credits of the movie Mulan. Mulan yep. And so, I I mean, I hear true to your heart. You must be true to your heart. And I turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the movie's over. Yeah. I I also know it from Mulan. <laughs> yeah. But you really know it. Well, I mean, I know four sentences of it. <laughs> that's a lot. That is a lot. That's basically a whole art song. All right. So that's it. Yes. For Ethan and Teresa I and all so. our faded couples. I believe that is so. Okay. So now we're going to move on. But before we move on with passions, we're going to give a shout out to our Patreon patrons. Shout out to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Breelin, Lisa, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Bridget, Ashley, Hannah, Camilla, Amanda, and Monique. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, if you would like to become a patron, you can just Boogie on over to patreon.com slash passions podcast and choose whatever tier you are most comfortable with. All right. All right. And let's move on to Shuis. We should come up with little uh little ditties for each That is a great heading. idea. We should. Yeah, of course we should. Yeah. We should come up with little ditties. Yeah, we're we'll gonna do, do that. that. We say we're gonna do it, but yeah, I mean we'll see. Life happens. <laughs> All right. Boogieing on to Shuis. Eve successfully hypnotizes Sheridan and learns the truth of her repressed memories. Alistair calls Julian and tells him to get over to the cottage and fix things, but Julian only bungles the whole operation. So Alistair ends up calling Eve himself to put a stop to things. Meanwhile, Luis and Sheridan bond despite getting hanked. Nice. Thank you. That was great. That's it. That's it what happened. Succinct. Sheridan is under her hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is struggling, screaming, yelling out. Yeah. Having a very hard time. Yeah. Poor thing. Luis hears Sheridan wailing and he bangs on the door and demands Eve open the door. He's like, I stop this. I don't want her to go through this. This is awful. Eve comes out and says, I told you not to interrupt. Yeah. I have a couple questions before we get to Eve talking with Luis. So, Sheridan's like, I killed him, I killed him. And Eve doesn't, Eve says to herself, oh, if I don't want to talk about this with Luis because it could end Sheridan and Luis before they've even started. Like, what does she care? But what does she care? Yeah. And then also, how does she know, how, why is she suspicious that Sheridan killed Luis's father? Sheridan hasn't said I killed Martin at this point. She just said, I killed him. 
I think it has to do with the fact that Luis was saying that he feels that this has something to do with his father's disappearance. And if somebody has, someone's gone, it's Martin and she's saying she killed someone and they think that these two things are linked or related. Mm -hmm. The the one person in the scenario who is missing is Martin. So she's just, I think she's just making that leap. She is, she is after all a studied doctor. That's true. You know, she is doctor of the year, doctor of the fucking year. Eve Russell, Dr. Death herself. Oh, angel of death. Okay. So, so to get back on track. So Eve leaves Sheridan and to go and talk with Luis and says, look, I told you not to interrupt, but she's reliving her nightmares and is having a hard time right now. Okay. So back the fuck off for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause she also doesn't want him to come in and hear her saying, I killed him. I killed him. And so she actually, she quiets, she manages to quiet Sheridan down and tells her to say nothing so that Luis doesn't hear anything that she is, has been saying. Other than to cluck like a chicken. And <laughs> she snaps her fingers. When I snap my fingers, <laughs> you will transfer a billion dollars to my bank account. <laughs> so Eve goes back in, she resumes Sheridan's hypnosis, and then Sheridan remembers who was under the bo- who the body was under the sheet and she exclaims i killed martin fitzgerald oh i killed louisa's fascia i killed martin fitzgerald she says it so loud and uh sheridan tells eve that she the body was there one minute and then it just vanished Mm. Which is an interesting, which is interesting. That's an interesting point mm-hmm. that we should all be making a making note of. The body was there, and now and then it vanished. It vanished within like minutes. And Eve's like, "Okay, so let's go back over all of this. Let's verify the details and see if we can fill in some of those blanks." Okay, mm-hmm. so she takes. Uh, I almost said Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer's body. <laughs> she takes Sheridan uh, through that night one more time, and. Sheridan says, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't fill in these blanks. My family even took me to psychiatrists to help me remember these things. There's no way it's going to work because they convinced me that nothing happened. It was just my imagination. And, and then she sits up and is like, just kidding. I remember everything now. Everyone was lying to me. And she says she remembers people carrying a coffin out of the mansion and that Martin was the body inside. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, how would you know? Well, it's interesting because she sees the letter opener in her hand, but she has no memory of stabbing anyone with it. Right. And then she sees the body under the sheet, um, but then has no memory of where the body goes. And the next thing she knows is that she's on the landing watching a coffin being carried out. But we don't know if there's anyone in the coffin. We don't know how the letter opener actually got stabbed into that person. Like, we Mm -hmm. don't... we. We don't really know. I mean, we don't know anything. Yeah, we don't really know anything. And she's saying it's Martin Fitzgerald, but we've we have no evidence of it. Well, the only evidence we have is that she says she, she under hypnosis. She does say, oh, I know this man. He would come to the mansion all the time to talk to my brother and talk to my father. Mm-hmm. It it was Martin Fitzgerald. Okay. She's, she finally like made the connection that she had seen that man multiple times mm. before. Mm-hmm. And then the person under the sheet happened to be that same person or the shadowy figure. That's another thing. That's I'm why not I'm confused. I'm not 100% sure who it is that she's seen. Is it the shadowy exactly. figure? Is it the body under the sheet? Are they the same person? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like we know that she says she's seen Martin before. But we never see her actually lift up the sheet and look at that face. And then she says, I recognize the shadowy figure. I recognize the man's shoes, you know, but we don't know if that figure is the same as the as what as the person who's who's under the sheet. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't we just don't know anything. We really. Don't know. We don't know anything. It's a lot of disjunct pictures, vignettes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But if you're Sheridan, you are jumping, you're trying your best to draw a through line mm-hmm. um, from one part, one picture to the next. Mm-hmm. And her conclusion is that she killed Martin Fitzgerald. Yeah. Which is such a leap, my love. I mean, I get, I, I do get that. If the last, if I remembered holding the thing and the next thing I saw, the next picture I saw was the thing being stabbed into a person, I would probably assume I did the stabbing. <laughs> so like, I get that, but yeah, but I know well, I don't know, but I don't think that they're really going to make Sheridan a murderer. Right. You know, 
Yeah, I, I this is off topic a little bit, but have you ever and this might be weird. Have you ever thought about what it would feel like to stab another person mm. or be stabbed? Have you ever had like that thought process? I have had it like when I'm watching something where somebody gets stabbed. when we were watching, I think it was the second John Wick and I was or the third one. And I was like, there's so much knife shit in this. Mm. And I have a hard time watching like sword and knife stuff because it just I all I can think about is like what it would feel like to be stabbed or what it would feel like to stab another person well Ugh. you know we've all this is not the same thing but we've all accidentally cut ourselves with a knife mm-hmm. like we've all done that in the kitchen accidentally at least probably a few times mm-hmm. you know what i mean or paper cuts even mm-hmm. and like it hurts so like i think we have an idea of what it would feel like like in a small way and that makes it very visceral yeah. you know when i watch gunfire on television like i'm like Ugh, like i'm jumpy about it but i've never been shot i don't know what it's like to pull a trigger mm-hmm. so it's di- it's a different reaction it's a different gut reaction mm-hmm. that i have to that versus like knife stuff yeah i have like a physical connection yeah to it. yeah yeah i don't know i was just thinking about that also like in i watching this i was like imagine what it would be like to stab also this is actually i'm having an epiphany the amount of force you, uh, you would need yeah. to stab a person with a letter opener mm-hmm. is more force than that little girl has mm-hmm. to, to stab a grown man with a, a dull letter opener. Yeah. Come on now. So I'm just, I'm just now having that. And also thought. it was like in his side where your ribs are. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Or I, I, I thought it was like in his, I don't know. I don't know where it was. How are you going to, how are you going to get through the ribs with a letter opener? How would that little girl do it at all? Maybe if you like shank him in the belly or something, but like through the bone. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean, what do I know? We're, we're, we're coming up with, we're coming up with ideas and reasons why Sheridan is not a murderer. Unless she like slipped it through an intercostal muscle. (laughs) I don't know. How else could you get through the ribs? Yeah. She doesn't, she didn't have the power. She couldn't, she didn't have the power to kill a girl. She had to go super saiyan. Girl, (laughs) not two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Not two weeks in a row. We're not making Dragon Ball Z references two weeks in a a row. It's a a callback. (laughs) That's what that is. That's the name of that thing. She had that Super Saiyan power. That Super Sheridan power. I never really got into Dragon Ball Z. I didn't care for it. I hated it. My brother watched it all the time. One of my roommates watched it all the time. So I was constantly walking by a cartoon screaming. You know, it's not. Ah, that's I, all it was. I love anime. It's just, and I'm gonna get some shit from that for this. Although I don't know if our listeners watch anime, but I, I will get some shit for this if anybody else hears this. I just don't think it's very good. Mm, hot take. It is a hot take. I don't think I've watched enough of it to to be like this is not good. Like it doesn't have the same heart as a lot of other animes do. It, it's just like a lot of long fights where they're just like standing at and talking at each other from large distances. I just never care for it. Yeah. There's a lot of like tournament arcs, which I hate tournament arcs where people just, it's just fighting. Mm. I hate that. There's no story. Mm. I hate tournament arcs. Yeah. I, uh, again, my, grew up around it, spent a lot of time around and in the vicinity, Mm -hmm. vicinity of it and really didn't care for it. I, I did not care for it. It's one of the big, the biggest animes in the world. And I just, eh, Mm. meh. Mm. Anyway, we're moving on. Passions. Her? Him? (laughs) Ethan? (laughs) I wish somebody would go Super Saiyan on Ethan's ass. Oh, man. We need Goku. Where's Goku when you need him? (laughs) Where's that? Who's the green one? Uh, Piccolo. Piccolo. Oh, yeah. Piccolo. (laughs) Who's the green one? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get off of dragon ball z and back into this shawis situation situation so let's talk about the fact that hank is on the other side of the door with louise hanking louise and making everything like sheridan is going through like a traumatic event on the other side of the door and he's like turning this into some weird competition between him and shawis for um sheridan's affections even though we know that sheridan has no feelings for him at all Mm -hmm. and he knows it Mm -hmm. he knows it Mm -hmm. but he's doing he's doing the k thing he's doing the k thing luis is hoping that whatever truth comes out will help him and sheridan have a clean slate and start fresh and hank doesn't think that could happen 
He's not happy that Luis's feelings have not faded at all. He then talks about what happened between Luis and Beth many, many years ago. And Luis admits that the reason he didn't marry Beth straight out of high school is because, and he says this several times, Mm -hmm. he says the only reason he didn't marry her right out of high school is because he was afraid that he would pull a Martin and years into their married life would abandon her with their children. Mm -hmm. And he, I I didn't write it down at first, but they, they repeated this like many, many times. So I feel like it's important to say, I think it is important to say. And I think it's also important to say that Hank's rebuttal to that is you would never do that. And Louise says, we thought my, we thought my papa would never do that. Yeah. He would, nobody believed that he would just up and leave us. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's in my blood. Maybe, you know, so, I don't know. Poor Luis. That's actually so sad. Yeah. That's really sad. And it, I think it is important because I think it gives us a little bit of insight into his his psyche. I think it also reframes his relationship with Beth. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I knew they had been together in high school, uh, but I didn't realize that it was that serious that he wanted to marry her but was afraid and that's the thing that stopped him yeah was afraid that he would leave her yeah um because up to this point i i was under the assumption that they just broke up and she's still you know has a candle for him yeah i and i will say no i'm not gonna say it no i'm not gonna say it so yeah i i agree Mm -hmm. they do it does kind of reframe beth's relationship with louise um and boy oh boy wait till wait till they give beth her shine oh boy <laughs> you just wait henry higgins she's been gone for a while too we haven't seen she, we haven't but she comes back and she comes back she comes roaring back in mm, okay all right so yeah they're having this conversation hank's being an asshole to louise he's been a real he's been a real dick to louise mm-hmm and Louise, and he's mad at Louise. He's mad at Louise. And Louise at one point, I think, gets fed up and is like, you know what? Like, whatever happens in this room with Sheridan, whatever happens here, like, she and I both need to heal our trauma before either of us is prepared to do anything, whether that's with each other or with somebody else. Yeah. I'm liking this new Louise. Me too. Oh, finally. I'm liking this new Louise. Me too. And um, I hate Hank as much as I ever did. Yeah, Hank was Hank was really irritating to me, mm-hmm. and Louise got mad at him and back at him because he got mad. I, I couldn't believe he got mad at Louise about him having feelings for Sheridan when he has said that to him for the past. We've heard Louise say that for the past, like I don't know, fifteen episodes now. <laughs> Hank is in denial in the same way that Gwen is in denial. Yeah, you know what He's I mean. He's just ignoring. Yeah, what he has seen and heard and interacted with and been told. Yeah, flat like- out. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Hank and Hank and uh, what's her name? Gwen. Gwen Gwendolyn. They, they should link up. There you go. She's she's rich and pretty. That's she's, the only reason he likes Sheridan. That's true. She is rich and pretty. He never he literally she's blonde. If he has a type, he never, ever talks about anything about Sheridan, why he likes her, why he loves her beyond that. She is rich and she's beautiful. Yeah. But Luis is like, she's strong. She's ha- has integrity. She's, she's different. She's smart. She's, she's been fun. through. She's been through so much. Yeah. Like he says things about her character mm-hmm. that he likes. And. All Hank can say is that she's rich and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And anyone would be lucky to be with her. Mm-hmm. So if anyone would be lucky, then that means that I want her too. Like, yeah, it's really ugh, Hank. Yeah. So let's move on from them. Because Eve, let Sheridan rest. She says, I think I need to let Sheridan rest for a little bit. She goes out into the living room. Luis asks her what Sheridan said. Eve says she'll tell him since Sheridan says she wanted them to know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And she also says, bear in mind, this is a very slow process. And when Sheridan does wake up, she won't remember what she said. Yeah. So I'm going to wait to bring her out of this. And when, when I do, then I'll tell you both together what happened. Yeah. And we go, we do this for so long. We do this for so long that I'm going to skip to the part where Julian shows up. Thank you. Because they go back and forth and back and forth. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And she just keeps telling them absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So Julian gets a phone call from Alistair. Yeah. So Julian gets a call from Alistair. It's like, uh, do you know what's going on in the cottage right now? 
It was like, you're fucking around with this attache case and you're still not dealing with the thing I've been asking you to deal with for months. And uh, it's a big problem because now it is happening. So Julian hustles on down to the cottage and uh, makes it, he incriminates himself. He makes, he makes it so clear that he is trying to keep Luis from finding out the truth because he's involved in it. You know, he just can't do anything right. He bursts into the cottage Whatever is going on here, I want it stopped right now, and I want you all off my property. And Luis is like, uh, 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 not so fast. I've been ordered to be here by the FBI, and so has Hank. And then um, Julian looks at Eve and says, Eve, you haven't been ordered to be here by the FBI, and let me remind you that you are uh, employed by the hospital, which my family is on the board of, and I own you, basically, kind of bullshit. And Eve's like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No, they all are like, fuck you. Like, none of these people are having it at all. And I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, Eve, like, really, when Julian came in, it was like she became even more determined to kind of tell the truth. She was she was trepidatious at first. I think Julian came in and she was like, "Eh, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, it's time for you to get yours. Yeah. So. Then Julian does that bullshit where he's like, I'm just here to protect my dear sister, my dear sister who's so brain is so addled and she's so naive and weak and so many people prey on her and just like doing that same old gaslighting bullshit. Um, But Sheridan wakes up. And comes out and is like, fuck you, sh- fuck you, Julian. I do want to hear what happened. Yeah, she's like, if it's such a non-event, then why do you want to prevent us from looking into it? Mm-hmm. You know, none of this makes sense to me. And so uh, Eve, I think, is about to tell everyone what happened when she gets a beep. She thinks it's from the hospital. She returns the phone call and learns that it's not the hospital. It is... Alistair Crane hit the man himself. Now, this was a great phone call. This was a very interesting phone call. He's sitting there trimming his bonsai tree and talking to Eve about how he wants the truth to come out. Well, the mm, the interesting thing is when he calls, Eve tells him what Sheridan said mm. and he's like, yeah. And the man, the man was Martin Fitzgerald. And he's like, this is the, the, she's like shocked to hear that he knows what it is that Sheridan said. I right? thought that Eve says, well, I'm going to tell everyone what Sheridan said. And Alistair runs down. It's like, this is what she said. Like Alistair said, Alistair was the one who told Eve that he knew exactly what Sheridan said. Okay. I think it works. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds right. Yeah. I, I, I wrote, he tells her he knows everything. Yeah. He knows that everything that's going on in the cottage. And she says she's going to tell everything. And that Sheridan said that Sheridan said, and Alistair says, yeah, go. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, bet. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, do it. Uh, I want you to. I've I always want- wanted the truth to come exactly. out. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He gives her the play by play. And is like, it's, it's time, it's time for the, for us to be out in the open with this and whatever the consequences are, you know, we will deal with, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. He says, um, we're, I'm ready to accept the consequences of my family's actions, but then Alistair flips the motherfucking script. He's like, but if I have to accept the consequences of my actions, you oh sainted eve would have to as well right because we know all about i know all about your torrid torrid past with my son and your addictions because i don't think that's come up yet right like we we don't know about the addictions really but like we heard a little bit about it when charity was having her premonitions about eve and julian we saw one where she like took a pill yeah like one little thing so like but yeah yeah um uh, Alistair talks about the baby, mm. various addictions, illicit relationships. And he's like, so if the truth is going to come out about me, then you should be prepared for the truth to come out about you. Your family's going to have to deal with the consequences of your actions as well. And, and that's what we believe in, right, Eve? That's our code. We believe in truth and honesty, right, Eve? Mm. And she's like, 
damn you, Alistair. Because mm. <laughs> mm. now Eve, he masterfully, he really kind of got her into a sense of false sense of security mm-hmm. and then just pulled the rug out from under her. Mm. And it was kind of beautiful it was disgusting it was but great. it was fabulous oh it was great drama it was great writing yeah, it was it almost made up for ethan and Teresa. <laughs> <did>. <laughs> and so now eve has this decision to make right so she goes back out into the living room and uh oh but before this i want to say while eve is on the phone Luis has a conversation with Sheridan where he tells her how much he respects her. Mm-hmm. He and he and Sheridan take some air outside. I loved it. And it was beautiful. I loved it. So anyway, Julian, Julian. Oh, then Julian comes out. Sheridan goes in and Julian offers Luis a bribe. Yep. Julian's grasping at straws, man. Yeah. And he's doing everything to make himself look as guilty as fucking possible. Exactly. And they keep saying the same thing. It's like, if this isn't a big deal then why do you keep trying to keep us from finding out about it? Like you're, you're digging a deeper hole for yourself, trying to pay off Luis, trying to buy his silence. Mm-hmm. Please. Ridiculous. Please. Like desperate. It's a desperate move. And there's no money in the, there's not enough money in the world. I can say this for myself too. There's not enough money in the world to keep me from finding out what the fuck happened to my dad. If I think that you had something to do with it. Absolutely. There's not enough money in the goddamn world. Right. You, can't buy me yeah because you're probably gonna end up owing me in civil court anyway yeah i'll get my money either way right there you go so uh then eve emerges and everybody's like clamoring to hear what she has to say julian tries to leave he's like well i let me get out of here before the shit hits the fan and louise is like no you should stay and hear what she has to say and I'm ordering you to stay as an officer of the law. <laughs> so Julian stays and then Eve stalls. She's like, well, let me get, I got to get some water. She has a little converse, side conversation with Julian mm-hmm. and she tells him, your dad called me. And he's like, oh, good. Great. Whew, crisis averted. <laughs> but she says to him, nope, I'm more determined than ever to make sure the truth comes out. Ooh. But you know Eve not about to do that. No. You know Eve is not no. about to do She's that. She's going to do some shit. Yeah. She's going to do some shady shit. Yeah. But but we'll find out about that next week. Yep, because that's it. That's it. That's the show. That's all she wrote. That's all he wrote. James E. Riley. That's all they wrote. That's all the writers wrote. So uh, you can write to us. Send us your emails at passionspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and you can always catch us on our social media. We have Facebook or Meta. Oh, you God. Yeah, Meta. We have Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Twitter. And uh, we have a website, passionspodcast.com, where you can go and check out our store and listen to episodes and a lot of other cool things. Yeah. So join us on the Metaverse. In the Metaverse. God, what the fuck? On in. I don't know. He is trying his best to... Tr- <laughs> maintain some relevance yeah. and like get young people but it look it's just no it looks like the sims i was did like you, i can play the sims anytime i want did you see i just saw this this morning um in the video that he released of him like explaining what it is in the background there's like plants and shit and then there's like a thing of barbecue sauce just sitting there on a shelf <laughs> I didn't see it. No. I just saw a meme of it. I don't know if someone like edited in. It didn't look like it was, but like, yeah. I bet it was crap. It was, it was, it was a thing that was just like, oh yes, this will make me look human. Barbecue (laughs) Barbecue sauce. (laughs) (laughs) This is what the humans use. (laughs) God. uh, He has so much money. He does not have to do this, but whatever. Whatever. So with that, you are my passion for life.